Judges are out of my shooting's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, MLB. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Six years ago, that little clip you hear in our intro of me saying, What are you doing? was what happened when I went to go ask City Councilman George Cushenberry a few questions in a church when I was attacked by City Council bodyguards uh, because this is the city of Detroit, kind of Chinatown East, if you will. It was later determined that I had attacked the police by flying backwards when they shoved me. And I mention all this not because I'm really big on anniversaries, but because of happenstance, serendipity, coincidence, whatever you want to call it, this week's special guest on ML Soul of Detroit is not Mark Fellhauer, who we're always happy to have, or Sean Windsor, who's fantastic and, and is just a blessing. And, and, uh, and as we say in Detroit, we're blessed by his presence. We believe in irony in Detroit. And Joey, who's bringing <laughs> this all to you live. But the man who is the subject of the most famous shove in Detroit journalism history, the shove heard round the east side, the west side, which they claim is the best side, but that's not true. Steve Wilson. Steve, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. It's uh, been a little while since we saw you on Channel 7. What happened there? It's been a long time. Well, uh, they decided that they were going to redo their business model, and uh, anybody making uh, considerably more than minimum rate, uh, wage uh, was not needed anymore, and they made the business decision, they told me. Um, so that was the end of that. We are very pleased. I, I reached out to you a little while ago because we were hoping we could have you on for a phoner at least. And, uh, and you said, uh, and I'm going to do a bad Steve Wilson imitation. <laughs> well, I'm going to be in town working on a story. And I said, <laughs> that well, is a bad impression. It is pretty bad. It is pretty bad. It's, well, you know, it's, 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 it's more of a, uh, my imitations are never very accurate. I'm going more for cadence and for, uh, for attitude. I'm trying to sell it, but, uh, nobody, nobody could deliver a line like Steve. And, um, and we're, we're grateful you're in town. Can you, can you tell people what you're doing here in Detroit? Well, I, I couldn't believe believe I'm sitting there getting ready and making plans to come to Detroit and you out of the blue we hadn't talked for for a while it's been a little and, bit uh, you said you know you extended the invitation I thought wow there's something something strange about this as you know uh, and uh, I was uh, I was planning to come up so I was uh, I was happy that you asked me and and happy to be able to do it I'm working on a um, independent film okay uh, not a whole lot I can talk about because we've been shooting uh, this is our second shoot trip the second time I've been back to Detroit shooting um, and we haven't gotten everybody you know for some reason, not everybody will cooperate. It's, a, it's another one of those stories that some people don't want anything to do with. And um, so if I go into too much detail, they will figure out who they are and they'll be harder to, uh, to find. But we have a lot of questions for, for some of them. And some of them we've done. And, you know, well, you know from your own experience that th the thing that always amazes me is the people who you think will run and hide are the ones who will sit down and accept whatever questions and accountability. I just sat with, uh, with a public official yesterday who I, I was amazed. And when it was over, I thought, God bless this guy. I mean, he admitted he was wrong. I mean, it was pretty clear, unfortunately. But he didn't put up a great big defense. And when it was over, he apologized to the person he had wronged. Wow. 
It was amazing. A little, a little grace. That's something you don't oh, see in public was, officials. I was very, very impressed with this guy. And I wish I could identify him and tell you more about it, which I can do when we finish all the shooting. But he's, um, uh, he's a good guy. Well, since well, it's an independent film, I assume it'll be in theaters everywhere, right? It'll well, be very easy to find. It's, um, uh, we're, we're, <laughs> well, that would be nice. There's no superheroes in it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Damn it. No comic superheroes. We're, we're, we're hoping to do a series of, uh, of uh, broadcasts. Uh, you know, it could, be a, it could be a podcast, I guess. It could be a uh, streaming. That market's saturated. Somewhere. Though. Yeah, I, I hear <laughs> that. Just it. move along. Uh, nothing to see here, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, w- we haven't placed it yet, and uh, it's, it's, it's a subject that is getting a lot of attention, and you see a lot about the issue. And uh, so we're hopeful. Well, Steve, it's great to have you here, and I, I always steal a line. I think I'm a little different in my approach as a TV reporter than you were in that I would almost always try and call somebody for an appointment before I would go get them, unless I thought I was going to catch them red-handed. Um, and sometimes they do meet with you, and sometimes they don't. But when they don't, I've, I've shamelessly cribbed, but given you credit for your greatest explanation for what you the, the unscheduled accountability session. Well, I like I that. love that. It's so much better than ambush interview. Yeah. But let me correct one thing you said. You and I have a lot in common because I actually have the very same uh, okay. policy that you do. I don't ever show up for an unscheduled accountability session or an ambush, as some people call it, without giving somebody the, you know, the idea really? of what I okay. want to never. See, yeah. I always show that in my packages. We, I don't think we really saw that with yours. So that's one of the things people don't understand. They think you're yeah. just out to get people. But really, we do want to give people a chance to explain themselves. Far too often we find out, even when they sit with us, that the explanation is no good. Well, that's how I came up with unscheduled accountability session because <laughs> Love I it. hated ambush. Yeah. You know, my feeling is an ambush is when somebody you don't know is approaching you unexpectedly with questions that you have no idea of anything about and you didn't know it was coming. Like you, I call ahead. I say, listen, here's what we're doing. I'd like to sit down and talk with you. And, uh, you know, they, especially if they're a public official, my feeling is they have an obligation to do Absolutely. so. It's not, they're not doing me a favor. You know, they were elected and they have some accountability. And, and when I get this, I, I had one guy who we did in this particular shoot just the other day, uh, say to a public official, say to me, um, you know, I don't have a great deal of personal comfort level to discuss this subject. And my attitude was, hey, buddy, and I said this, this is not about your personal comfort level. It's about accountability. And and like you, I call and I offer it to them. And they say, oh, no, we won't be doing the interview. At which point I even explain, oh, no, you'll be doing the interview. The only issue is how (laughs) you're going to be seen when I ask my questions. Are you going to be sitting down at a desk? You know, and looking dignified, or you, you're going to be running out of the dry cleaners somewhere because we're going to ask. But you said you're concerned that you don't want some people to know you're looking for them when you're here now. Does that mean you there's some people you won't call or you just haven't called them yet? I have called them. Oh, and you have? They've okay. told me uh, <laughs> in, in some cases uh, I don't have a comfort level doing that. Okay. Uh, that's why we went to that one fellow. And in another case, they were happy to do it, but it had to be off the record. And I said, well, what good is that? Yeah. Why would anybody want you know, accountability for somebody that they couldn't discuss? And Save I t- that for your priest. I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I take that stuff seriously. If I tell somebody something's off the record, to me, that means you're not going to use it. You know, it's, it's different if I, if I say to you uh, it's not for attribution. I might be able to use the information and say I've heard such and such, but I won't say that 
ML Elric told me that. I just, right. you know. Uh, but when yeah, so there's no point in a reporter doing a totally off the record interview uh, at all, and so this person uh, we're going to meet before we bring Sean into the conversation because he wrote a landmark uh, profile of Steve back during a very very hot time in Detroit history. We're going to do a little business, and I'm sure you've heard about my friends at Zot Ford and Holly. Not only are they known for having the hottest sales staff in Oakland County, just ask them, they'll tell you that themselves, but they're also known for sponsoring one of the other big podcasts on the Red Shovel Network. I think it's a a little ditty they call the Drew and Mike Show. As you know, one of the best ways to support our Soul of Detroit podcast is to support our sponsors like Zot Ford and DealsInTheD.com. In return, my boy Steve Gabar and his team will make sure your next purchase or lease of a new or pre-owned vehicle is fun, fast, simple, and easy, all while saving you fat stacks of cash. So if it's time to dump your current hoopty and pick up a fresh fly ride, go surf Zots Ford's sensational deals and massive inventory at dealsinthedeed.com and be sure to tell them ML Soul of Detroit sent you because if you don't tell them that, they won't sponsor us and then there won't be an ML Soul of Detroit to send you there and then, you know, it's kind of a vicious cycle. You, you get where I'm going with that. So that's Zot Ford and Holly. Tell them ML Soul of Detroit sent you. Little known fact... When Kwame Kilpatrick had given up on talking to the free press in his re-election campaign in 2005, we were doing profiles of the candidate, and I covered Kwame Kilpatrick, and he refused to meet with me. He had decided that I was biased, even though for years he tried to hire me, and that he would not sit down and talk with me. And because the free press, like most media, are incredibly fair, we would do almost anything to try and give him an opportunity to have his say, even though we knew what he was going to say was almost always not true. So the free press said, okay, and I disagreed with this, that if you don't want to sit down with Elric, we, we won't make you sit down with Elric. And one of the people they offered up was Sean Windsor because he was known as a very insightful, a very empathetic storyteller. And they thought, if he won't sit down with Sean Windsor, then you know what are we going to do? Because this is one of the guys who can tell a story and who was not part of our political coverage. He was, if you will, the Switzerland of the newsroom. And they were more concerned about giving Sean Windsor access to Kwame Kilpatrick than they were about sitting down with me because he had written a very lengthy but a very fair profile of Mr. Steve Wilson. And so they're like, well, if he could say anything nice about Steve Wilson, he must just be the most treacherous, untrustworthy son of a bitch ever. And they were right, but for all the wrong reasons. Well, I'm just curious. First of all, Steve, you said ML. Do you use Mike or do you use ML? Because this is often a, a topic in here. We're trying to figure out who he is exactly. So you know, I know it's Mike, but I've always God's called lonely him man. I, you know, I don't know why. So it's ML for you. It is, yeah. Okay, because exactly. Mark and I still haven't figured it out. I just go with ML. It's easier That's to spell. How I met you. Yeah. Although some people say, where do I put the periods? Well, I, say, I asked you, you once, want. aesthetically, do you like uh, with like it with periods or not? And your response was, I don't care. I said, okay, whatever. Speaking of aesthetics, some housekeeping. Facebook Live, you have some fans out here, Steve. They're talking about how great you look, oh. how handsome, how sexy you look right now. So that's kind of nice. How, how is your I health? I thought you look good. Can we ask about your health? I like the health? beard. Well, thank you. I, I, you know, the beard came and by about beard. Say, I mean, he has a woman here to hide his real. <laughs> no, no, no. He actually has growth on his face. Yeah. Well, you know, since I was sixteen, I, I can do this now. So. Oh, geez. Much, much since better. I was fifty, I can do it. <laughs> you I'm you know, it it came about because I I had some health problems, as uh, as Mark just mentioned, uh, shortly after I left Channel Seven, and um, I spent some time in my. Uh, 
a place in North Carolina, up in the mountains, outside of Asheville, uh, recuperating. And while I was there, where nobody knew me and I didn't see very many people anyway, whether they knew me or not, I decided not to shave. And after a while, I thought, boy, this not having to scrape your face every day is pretty nice. Now, were you in North Carolina, in Asheville, with Carmen Slowski? (laughs) No. No, I, that was although, one of my favorite Wilson stories. I'm telling you, I was amazed that they had gone there because when I saw Asheville, I thought, you know, wow, I know so, that place. A, a little background, Steve went to, uh, Kwame Kilpatrick was hired to give a Martin Luther King Day speech in the midst of all this, this heat yeah. that he was under. And Kilpatrick checks in to give this speech, just kind of charges them a lot of money, doesn't give them very much for their money, but he has a guest in his room, someone by the name of, Carmen Slowski. Now, I had told one of our reporters um, who was covering City Hall at that time, you might want to call this place and ask, you know, for the hotel bill because sometimes they'll give it to you. You don't have to even misrepresent yourself because we don't do that. But what we do is we say, hey, I just want to get a folio for whoever it is. And if they don't ask you who you are, then that's shame on them. This guy didn't do it. And then not long after that, Steve reports that, that, Kilpatrick checked in with Carmen Slowski, who at the time was a turtle in a cable commercial, making fun of their slow downloads or whatever. But in one of the most brilliant reporting moves I've ever seen, and I've used it myself since then, Steve took three pictures without names on them and asked people, do you recognize the woman who was with the mayor? And time and time again, the people who worked at the resort identified... I remember... Christine Beatty yeah. as as Carmen Girlfriend. Slowski. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it was just the stories. I mean, the stories were a huge part, Steve. But it was there was a sense of um, not. I, I don't want to say theater, maybe, but your delivery and you had such natural uh, charisma that you know Mike struggles with a little bit in that way. You guys right? want to get a room? Jeez, yeah. this exactly. Is, this is, we'll leave. You know. No, but, 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 but it's, it's, the, it's the confluence of those things. That's what that's what I know exactly. But that's what Sorry, that's what happens. That's fairly you know, nice. right? Yeah, I feel like I'm dead. And you and I <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> You're saying such nice things. No, but about I've just, I remember the speci- specifically you and I were out. Was it the you said some kind of uh, campaign kickoff with Kilpatrick or something? And there was a housing project, and you got into it with his bodyguards and other. And I remember we got back in your car together, and you were breathing heavily. Speaking of getting a room, I guess, and you were sweating and all. The, and you were you were talking about that moment and what that was going to do. And maybe he was breathing heavily because he was around me and Schaefer. Well, that's that's true too. But that but that's to me what that was about, and that's what I was trying to get when I was writing that profile was your sense of those moments and how you could then deliver them and. Relay them. Well, thank you. I, you know, I was always motivated. I grew up watching 60 Minutes and, and Mike Wallace, who I just read the other day, early in his career was on radio at WXYZ. That's where he honed some of his uh, skills. I yeah, he has some Detroit ties, but yeah. I, I don't, but, uh, you know, before that he was selling uh, uh, Chesterfield cigarettes, yeah. I think, and, and oil, bread. whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Wall, right. There's a Wallace house yes. in Ann Arbor. Yes. So, uh, yes. so uh, you, you talk about how the no comment uh, on video speaks, but Steve, you got one of the most uh, memorable comments from the former mayor, Kilpatrick, when he told you to- We're buying prostitutes. You quit buying prostitutes. It seemed a little bit random of an attack to me, and then I remember, oh, they actually produced, with the help of the city of Warren, a 15-minute, I guess, documentary on you that ran on public access. Have you ever seen the full 15 minutes, and what were your thoughts when that came out? Well, I wondered how they could use a city access cable 
station to to run something so obviously biased and political. Nobody ever came to me and asked for that. And and when I first heard this, quit buying prostitutes. I mean, I've had a lot of things said about me, especially in my earlier years when I was heavier than I should have been. I certainly have heard the word, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, the fat word uh, before in in terms of insults. But nobody had ever accused me of anything like that. And I thought, wow, well, you know, where did that come from? Because you know, I try. I try not to uh, <laughs> subject myself to those kinds of things and stay away from places where you could even generate some kind of f- phony claim, although they, but they seem to make it out of whole cloth. The accusation was that you were uh, buying prostitutes to set up some Warren city officials. Yeah, some public safety officials, I think, and other people who they, they were going down there as official business, but it was really more right. of a... A was, fishing trip. So you want to see what they're fishing for. It was a party. And everybody yeah. knew it was a party. And it was, uh, you know, go down and party with the girls. And, and, you know, and all of these guys are, you know, very proper public officials who, you know, they let their hair down. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But if you're doing it on the public dime, exactly. you know, it's certainly worth taking a look at. And so I was down there to see if that was, you know, if all those stories were true or not. And When Kilpatrick said that, and he repeated it a couple of times, that, that was one of the days you'd let me kind of hang around and watch what you do, right? And we got back into the car, and you knew immediately what that was going to do, what that exchange, how that was going to play, how you were going to edit that. And I knew after watching that whole thing that I had the top of my profile – it's interesting how that that works. Sometimes you, you know, we both understood in that moment what we had you for you, what you were doing to me for what I was doing. Well, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I, I think that's one of the things. Yeah, I'm sure ML you you like about what you do is you never really know what's coming, and you never know what to expect. And you know, just when you think you've seen it all and you know what's coming, something like that happens, and it's like, oh, come on. And it, it is staggering how. When you go and see somebody, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, what's the worst thing this person could possibly do? So they're not going to do that. And then seconds later, that is precisely what they do. (laughs) And I, I, I don't think we should necessarily be surprised by that because the reason we're going to see them is because they've already displayed so much bad judgment. Why should we be surprised if they put a cherry on top of them? One of my favorite, um, what did you call them, unscheduled accountability sessions, sessions uh, that Steve Wilson ever but had. He does try and schedule them. I didn't realize that, so I want to I want to give you full credit for that. I really appreciate that. But not always, though, I, right? I the I flowers. Uh, well, not if you're going to catch them red-handed. Exactly. But I think my favorite one, though, is the flight. I believe it was Boston to Detroit. You booked a seat right next to oh. Kwame Kilpatrick. The thing that drove him the craziest in all the years that I I've, I followed up on many of your your reports and Schaefer's reports, chased some of yours, uh, you know, was the fact that whenever he was sneaking off to Vegas or going off to some party somewhere or whatever, there I would be at the bottom of the escalator as he rode <laughs> down, you know, at the airport, and it drove him nuts. I mean, I I had as I know you did sources close to him. And they would say, you know, we're, we're being accused of feeding you this information. And, and they weren't the ones. That's not right. how I found it out. I found it out a totally different way, but it just drove him crazy. Ooh. And so then after we could catch him at the airport so many times, I finally decided, well, <laughs> why don't I just book a seat? Because I was able to figure out exactly where he was sitting on the plane. How'd you figure that out? Um, uh, well. Can you say? Uh, it used to be, I don't know if this is still true, but it used to be that you could confirm your reservation simply by calling the airline and ask them, what seat did I get, by the way? And they would tell you, 
to be. And it was always first class. Yeah. So, you know, that was... Or I'm traveling uh, with what, such and such. I want to make sure I'm sitting next to them. Can that's you... That's right. Yeah, you know, can you what was the, What was the look on his face? I mean, did he see you in the airport before you got on the plane or did no. you time it to... Okay, so what, no. when did he realize and what did he first say to you? He, he, he always got on first because he you know he was in first class i think he wanted everybody to see him sure there, you know especially if it was a detroit thing and uh and i was very careful to be the last one on i got on <laughs> just before they closed the door and i did that not only not for the surprise factor so much as i i wanted the flight to be ready to leave so that there wasn't going to be you know he wasn't going to leave yeah. or they weren't going to put me back in row 31 or or whatever so i got on at the very end and i you know you're right it's a it's one of those looks i'll never forget he just looked at me and i looked at him and smiled and and I said i'm uh, over there by the window and uh <laughs> oh he had to get up too he didn't know what to do you know and um i don't know it's uh my hope was that, and I've and and I tried this many times. Is I really wanted to have an honest, sincere talk with him, even if it was off the record. It was, it was almost like you know I mentioned Mike Wallace earlier. He, you know, somebody asked him, "Who's the most fascinating individual you ever covered and wanted to talk to but never could?" And his answer was Pat Nixon. Hmm. Oh, he always wanted to talk to Pat Nixon, like I always wanted to talk to Kwame, and yeah. to this day. You know, I looked up the other day where he is now. He's been moved in the federal prison system several times. He was in Texas, and then he bounced to was it, uh, Oklahoma, and now I think he's in Pennsylvania or Louisiana. New Jersey. Oh, he's in Louisiana. Moved. Yeah, okay. he's moved down. Uh, down but there's there. no corruption there. Yeah, he's right at <laughs> home there. You know? Yeah, and uh, I'd love to sit down with him. And I've got you know, obviously, I'm not doing a news story or anything, but he he is such an incredible character. He had such charisma. He had such potential. He gives a whole new definition to the word squander. Because if he oh, would yeah. have put half the effort into being the kind of leader he naturally could have been instead of how to line his own pockets and, 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 and what he did, he would be an, an incredible leader in this country to this day. And I always wondered what makes somebody miss that opportunity. Yeah, I, I think I think my own answers, and I don't have any scientific answers, getting away with it. Mm -hmm. When you always get away with something, you, it's almost like evil can evil. You know, it's like, okay, add one more bus. Yep. You know, if I can't clear You're this. Emboldened. Yeah, mm -hmm. and if I, if I crash, it'll be spectacular. I'll recover, and I'll be an even bigger hero. I, I want to share my own uh, unpleasant surprise with Steve Wilson after a quick word uh, from our friends at Hall Financial. And they got a couple questions for you out there listening and watching. Are you paying more than 4% on your mortgage? Do you have lingering high-interest rate credit card debt? You may or may not know that right now rates are within fractions of a percentage point of their lows of the last 10 years. A smart idea would be to call the company with over 1,000 five-star reviews that has recently been averaging 10 days from start to finish on listeners that have applied for a refinance of their mortgage, and that's Hall Financial, where you'll find my man Dan Morrison and Shannon, who is a miracle worker. I can tell you from my own experience, uh, getting a mortgage as an unemployed or soon-to-be unemployed man. It's a, or underemployed, that's the way I like to think of it. It's a simple process, and it's no secret that saving money is smart. You can get started by calling 248-308-5000 or going to davidhallmortgage.com. A lot of homeowners need to reduce their rate, shorten their term, eliminate PMI, or take cash out. Now is the time. Even though the media isn't reporting it the way they were in August, oh, those dirty, rotten reporters. Rates are still historically low, and Hall Financial is the place to call. Don't just take my word for it. We get testimonials and thank yous every week from listeners that we've sent to Hall Financial, and you can check out the reviews for yourself. Give them a call at 248-308-5000.
or go to davidhallmortgage.com, equal housing lender, NMLS, number 1467435. So I left the free press because they didn't want me to cover Kwame Kilpatrick anymore. They thought for sure he was going to get beaten in, the, uh, in his re-election campaign. He won. They went back on their, their deal to send me back to City Hall if Kilpatrick won. And Channel 4 had contacted Jim and I about coming over. They really became interested in me because I got in a big uh, dust-up on uh, Flashpoint with a guy named Adolf Mongo. So the folks at Channel 4 said, okay, this is who we need. They were looking for an antidote to Wilson. So they brought me over there. It didn't work out mainly because they sold me out to the mayor, but that's a story for another time. But shortly after I got there, Steve uh, was running a promo for a story that he was going to put on. And my boss called me in the office and he said, Hey, check out this promo. What do you think? And it's Steve saying, you may have not have seen the, okay, so I won't even bother. <laughs> and, and he said, you know, he says, whatever happened to that red navigator got the mayor in so much yes. trouble. Yeah. And then the promo is just the navigator rolling through the frame. And then you see who's driving it. And it's Steve Wilson. <laughs> and I start laughing at, it, and they said, what do you think of that? I said, I think that is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And they said, Stop laughing, asshole. You got 24 hours to find that blankety-blank navigator. (laughs) And I would have done it too, except the sale was so recent that the VIN number had not shown up in any of the systems, so I couldn't track it down. And I I was just like, oh, so is this what TV is going to be like? But uh, one of the greatest promos ever. And it was one of the things where you just didn't say anything. You just see you driving the navigator. It's like, oh, my God. It was just a great 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 moment but it was a no shit moment for me i'll tell you that of all the good people at channel seven that i worked with their promo people were terrific they had an inane innate sense of of what would work sometimes it was inane but innate is what i meant to say and uh when we found that car, it was over, where was it, Grand Rapids, I think they just, you know, quietly. It went on an auction lot. That's the other thing yeah. is somebody yeah. took a bath on that car. Yeah. I think the the owner, when sure. you told the story, got a hell of a deal on it. Oh, yeah, it was a great deal. I don't know if he put a black light through it first, but uh, <laughs> I would have. Now, how much of Deets that. would have, uh, actually. That was his thing. How much of that reporting style was honed at Inside Edition? Because I don't know how many people know that you actually worked at Inside Edition uh, with Bill O'Reilly, too, which is interesting, and Deborah Norville. You know, Inside Edition when I was there was a much different broadcast than it is uh, than it has become. Uh, it's it's really kind of become more of a um, salacious uh, entertainment kind of a show than it was when we were there. Uh, uh, a guy named Matt Mahar who followed me there uh, won some great awards and did some incredibly great work. I'll never forget a piece he did where in in Louisiana, Alabama, somewhere where they went around and and sold insurance that that poor people didn't need and to pay the premiums. It was one of those deals where you paid in cash. And he came every week to collect. Oh, jeez. Sounds like the mob. Mahar had the greatest shot of this guy with a coat hanger fishing in a bottle to get the savings of this poor little old black woman out of uh, the bottle so that she could make this week's payment. So... It was that kind of show when I was there. So, you know, when you asked it, I honed some of my skills there. I mean, I did there the same thing that I did when I was at ABC and 
Los Angeles and San Francisco and um, CBS in New York. I mean, I, I just really, I grew up, as I say, watching 60 Minutes, mm-hmm. and I really thought accountability was great. And you mentioned, uh, Sean, that that there's some showbiz element to it, and I, I always have to smile when 60 Minutes talks about whether or not they're more showbiz than news because, you know, the best reporters on 60 Minutes, it was not lost on them, you know, how to present Absolutely. material. It doesn't have to be dry and boring, and no. I tried to avoid that. How was Bill O'Reilly to work with? Bill was exactly what you saw on television. Bill was um, uh, very proud of his work. Uh, he uh, had a bit of a chip on his shoulder from his days when he was a correspondent at ABC, uh, and he got big-footed and kind of, you know, left there. Uh, very opinionated. Um, we'll do it live. <laughs> yeah. That happened after We'll do it live. Left, but he's... Um, He's uh, he's quite a character, and uh, I you know what's happened to him now is uh, really kind of sad to see on a personal level. But you know, again, I I wouldn't I'm not crying any tears of that son yeah, of a bitch. I was no, about to no. say he brought what he did upon himself. I was always amazed how he was able to cover up that whole thing with you know the first time he got caught uh, caught with a woman named uh, Andrea Macris, I believe was her name, uh, one of the producers in the. Uh, you know, that he got involved with, and you, it just went away. I never saw a story just go away like that. Yeah. They paid her money, and he he just took the position. Every time a reporter would ask, I'm not discussing that anymore. And that that worked. I was amazed. It never worked with anybody who went on his show, but I guess yeah. he figured uh, it's different, different when standard. I do it. I, I, yeah. I, I wrote an obituary for a friend of mine's dad, and uh, and and I, I'm an old obituary writer, so I try and do that for, for friends when the sad occasion arrives. But I actually went to the funeral this time, and uh, and his son gave a, a wonderful eulogy. He was a great guy. He was a, just a wonderful guy. But uh, his son used used this line that his dad used all the time where his dad was kind of – he'd be hard on you if you screwed up. But when he would do it, he would always say, it's funny when I do it. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's, you know, that's the greatest line ever. It's It's not hypocrisy. It's just, you know, when I do it, it's – Kind of charming, right. you know. <laughs> but there's nothing charming about Bill O'Reilly. I remember having one uh, scuffle with uh, with Fox Legal one time, and they were like, you know, we can't do this. We don't want this to happen. You know, we got to be careful of this. I said, you guys are busting my balls over this story that's that's dead nuts, watertight, and you give some predatory son of a bitch 26 million dollars to walk out the door i said where's the justice in that and what i got back was i have my own opinions about that let's try and stay focused on your story but it is galling when people who have only brought uh uh uh, honor and and dignity to an organization um watch people who have brought nothing but disgrace get a lot of money but I guess he must have brought in more ratings than the rest of us. So that's the name of the game, right? Uh, it's all about eyeballs. Yeah. It's how many people were watching and how many people, you know, no matter how gross he could sometimes be, it only brought in more viewers. And, you know, that whole thing has just developed in the last many years. I mean, look at what goes on in the White House these days. I mean, you just when you think you've seen everything, along comes something else. And even strong supporters of the president sometimes now with their mouths open say, God, I thought I'd seen it all but apparently there is no limit and that's well, true in so much of our society in, in just a couple of minutes we're going to get to uh rich guys trying to get favors that they're not entitled to so you're kind of foreshadowing a little bit that's the tease you still got that heavy we'll duty, do it heavy duty tv dna there steve before we get to that i want to tell you about my bookie.ag if you enjoy football and you have a heartbeat then you know what's coming 
It's that time of the year. Plan a party, get the snacks ready, and get your wagers locked in because the Super Bowl is finally here. You've got a feeling about who's going to bring home the Lombardi Trophy, and you do not want to miss out on your last chance to get in your bets before the NFL season ends. My bookie features the most complete lineup of Super Bowl props of any sports book in the business. The amount of betting options is simply unrivaled. That's what they tell me. And how could they be wrong? They're bookies. They've got you covered with lines on every other major sport, including the NBA, NHL, and the NCAA. In fact, place a wager of $20 or more on the Super Bowl, and you'll earn yourself a free entry into the March Madness Bracket Contest. Plus, if you deposit right now, they'll match your deposit halfway. That's basically free cash to throw down on your best bet. This will be the last chance to take advantage, so sign up now. Enter promo code SOUL, S-O-U-L, when you make your deposit. That's promo code SOUL to give your bankroll a jump start. So if you put in 1000 they'll give you 500 Look at the rules because you got to do some wagering to get your money back, and please don't ever bet more than you can afford to lose. You may win, but we would rather you not be bankrupt. But if you feel lucky and you got a little feeling about something and you want to bet, mybookie.ag is the place to go. Make sure you give them promo code SOUL, S-O-U-L. Steve has got to get on the road for something he can't tell us about in just a minute. Any last thoughts or questions for Mr. Wilson? Steve, I hope we have you back again, even if you're not in studio, but maybe you will be. Maybe there's another trip coming. Well, uh, yeah, I, I may be back as early as next week, but I'd love to come back at a time when I can tell you about this project because it, Let's it's do it. really yeah. exciting. And of all of the issues that I've covered throughout my whole career, not just here in Detroit, um, this issue happens to be headquartered here in Detroit because mm. it's a bigger problem here than anywhere else, ironically. But it's it's We're important. number one. Yeah, oh, yeah far <laughs> away, far and away. And nothing to be proud of, unfortunately. But, you know, hopefully it will change. And I'd love to talk about it. I'd love to come back sometime. So before you go, let me ask you real quick um, where you had your first TV job. Did you start out writing TV or did you news, do no. newspapers or radio? Or I started, in, um, uh, I started in newspapers when I was in college. I, w- I was a sports writer. Which okay. anybody who knows me will laugh their butt off about that. Because, <laughs> you know, sports and I, I, you know, nothing could be further. I didn't care a thing about it. I just wanted a job at the newspaper. And then uh, I went to college and I worked uh, newspapers there. And then I got into radio because it kind of occurred to me, you know, I, I liked writing. But, it, you know, if you could hear it, wouldn't that be better? And so I was at CBS Radio in San Francisco, my very first job out of college. And then I decided... You know, if you could hear it and see it, wouldn't that be so much better? And uh, so I went to get a TV job because, hey, I worked at CBS Radio in San Francisco, and all the stations just laughed at me. I wasn't the quintessential TV star kind of guy to begin with. So I, I went feel off your to, pain there. I went off to St. Joe, Missouri, you know, which was famous for the Nothing. Pony Express oh. and Quaker Oatmeal and Walter Cronkite was oh. from there. Uh, and uh, what's he was, doing now? <laughs> you hardly ever hear from the man. Now he's decomposing. He's, he's rolling. Yeah. Oh, uh, when he watches yeah. what passes for news on television. I keep hearing Alexander Hamilton is rolling in his grave. Does that really happen? I, I don't think so. How that works. But, uh, but anyway, so uh, I did that for a while, and then I uh, moved from St. Joe to Buffalo, and then from Buffalo to New York City, and that's how I got into TV. Wow. And, and you said you you were a big fan of sixty minutes. Um, was there anybody in particular who you would consider a mentor or somebody who you emulated other than what you saw, you know, on CBS on uh, Sunday nights at 7 o'clock, which I watched sitting in my grandparents' lap? 
Well, it, it, you know, it, it was 60 Minutes, and it was Wallace. I mean, okay. I just, I liked the way he cut through the bullshit, yep. and he just told the story straight, and he didn't pull any punches. And when I got my job at CBS in New York, I was 26 years old. I was a correspondent nice. at, uh, at CBS in New York, and uh, he saw a story that I did. And one day the phone rings, and he says, uh, you know, who he was, and, I, you know, that voice was so distinctive. Yeah. And he said, uh, why don't you come work for me, kid? Wow. And, uh, you know, I had just gone from St. Joe to Buffalo to New York City, and I was doing okay. Um, and I thought, you know, if I can do this on the air, maybe I should do that instead of be Mike Wallace. Yeah, why be a producer? producer that's you know? right. And so I stuck with it, but I always wished I had I always wished I had done that. Wow. Did you have contact with him after that? Yeah, we talked several times. Yeah. In fact, uh, I almost went to work for him when I was at Fox, ironically, and I asked to uh, to leave there, and they wouldn't let me out of my contract. And I said, look, I'm not going to be on the air. I'm not going to be competing against you, so, and they wouldn't let me do and it. And that was Fox in Florida, just so we're clear. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Which was your, your stop before you came to Detroit. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's where that famous— <laughs> After a uh, long battle. Uh, yeah, after a long court battle over a story that they didn't want to run. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a that's a topic for another time, Steve. It's great to have you. you look, you look like a million bucks. Well, thank you. And for uh, so. I'm sure you're only getting five hundred thousand, but oh. you're worth you're worth twice that. That's so. very kind of you. Maybe I, if I you get with mybookie.ag, you can double your money. <laughs> I understand it's very easy. That's what they tell me. Well, I, you guys have been nicer to me than I deserve. I, I love my time in Detroit, and I love being back here and doing You know, there's something about this town that people are so natural and people are so, you know, they care. And it's, it's a gritty kind of truth that you don't really find in a lot of other places. And I, I love my time here, and I love being back here. Well, people appreciate it when you stick up for them. And I think a lot of people saw you put yourself in harm's way. And they, uh, and they saw you asking the kind of questions that deserve answers. And I think one of the things that we as a media need to do more of, although some people don't like it, is get in people's faces. Because it's just too many times folks figure they can just say uh, no comment, get away with it, and then live to fight another day. I think we need to fight them today. I just leap out of my chair when I watch films or news reports and you get to the point where they've made a great case for how bad someone has acted and what terrible things they've done. And then they'd say, so-and-so declined to be interviewed for this report. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, declined to be interviewed? You know, they don't have the right to do that. They've just poisoned a river that's caused cancer for a whole community. They don't have the right to decline to be interviewed. Go ask them. Yeah, they need one of those unscheduled uh, accountability sessions. That's right. But it takes time to go find people. The, the amount of time it takes to do a good TV investigation versus a newspaper investigation is is inconceivable to people because we will spend days and weeks just to get somebody to tell us, I won't talk to you, and to show you that moment that they don't that, – that disdain for the viewer that, you know, guess what? Go ask somebody else your damn questions. And, uh, and one reason – that it, it's become a problem is because people don't pay for stuff. They don't subscribe to stuff. So please subscribe to the Detroit Free Press, Detroit News. You can become a member of DeadlineDetroit.com, and you can support this show by donating. Mark, how, how do people donate to this fine uh, institution? MLSolarDetroit.com, little donate button right on the top. Take you to PayPal. So there you go. Very and, simple. And let our sponsors know you heard about them here. Steve, uh, I think you committed to coming back, so uh, we will book you a first-class flight. I don't know if Kwame <laughs> will be, be on that flight, oh, but uh, Mr. You. Kilpatrick... Uh, Probably won't be here as soon as you will be, but uh, it's been great to see you, and, and we look forward to you telling us what's coming up next. We will let our audience know when, when it's cool to take the covers off what you're working on, and then we, we expect you to come back with, uh, with some, uh, some more behind-the-scenes stories that, that people are going to love to hear. I'd appreciate it.
Love to come back. Thank you for the invitation. Steve, thanks. It's been an honor, a pleasure, and thanks for, uh, for inspiring me to get into TV. Now, now I'm out of TV, but, uh, but we're doing Facebook Live, right? So what's the difference? Same difference. Yeah. yeah. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in. And I'll never change. Ray Nun, Ray Zone, Ray Nun, Ray Zone, Ray Nun Infinity, Ray Zone Infinity, plus one. No. So one of the things that I try and avoid in life is people on social media fighting with other people on social media and all that other stuff. And um, and so I'm not quite sure I'm going to land on this week's great debate. But I'm going to let Mark set this up because there's a journalism aspect in this. So I feel like. I may have to defend the profession here, but I'm not sure by the time we've hashed this out whether I can. There's a lot of nuance to this, but um, after the death of Kobe Bryant, I've, I'm sure everybody knows about that by now, a Washington Post reporter, Felicia Sanmez, uh, tweeted out that um, a, a link to an article wasn't a Washington Post article. It was a Daily Beast article uh, that referred to and really went in-depth to the, um, I guess, do you call it, what, what do you reporters call it? Do you call it an alleged rape if it was never, if he was never convicted? She tweeted this out, you know, it was about less than 24 hours after the, the accident and just tons of bad negative feedback to her. And the Washington Post said, take that down. She refused to take it down right away. She eventually did and then defended herself on Twitter as to why it was okay. And people are, and she made the story then all about herself. So the Washington post suspended her to which their newsroom now is very upset. The union is very upset that she was suspended. So I guess the question, question is how much control should your boss have over a reporter and what they say in social media, not on their platform. And to that point, should she have been suspended? So first of all, was the Twitter account, Joe bag of donuts, wash post, or was it just, you know, like, uh, Cat lover twenty three. I mean, it's well associated with her. I believe she has the you know vaunted blue check mark, and so she um, uses her bio it to, is in there to yeah. promote her work. Okay, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's followed her from job to job. Sure, she owns it. So first of all, every one of us has First Amendment rights. That that there's no exceptions there. Yeah, so she you, won't be charged criminally. So you, yeah. Well, but you you can't be you can't be charged. In fact, the one. One of the defenses in, in libel actions and other things is truth, sure. first of all, but also opinion is protected by the First Amendment. So if you say, I think Kobe was a jerk, that's not really libelous but or slanderous, but in this case, you know, the fact that it's opinion gives you more protection. And I'll tell you, as a, as a union official at the News Guild, um, we acknowledged that while we all have the First Amendment right, it, was, it would be inappropriate for a staff member who covered government to have a bumper sticker on their car. Mm-hmm. Or if I cover City Hall to have a Kwame Kilpatrick or Freeman Hendricks or Gil Hill or you name it sign on my lawn. But one of the things that we fought, and we didn't really contest that, but one of the things we fought to defend is that your spouse, if they're not employed in the news business, could have that sign in your front lawn. Now, most people wouldn't necessarily know it was your spouse endorsing somebody but not you but we we work very very hard not to compromise uh our objectivity but also to defend people's right to say things now having said all that i ain't got nothing bad to say about somebody who just died well what are you going to win there i mean there will be a time to analyze the man's life it's pretty low class to do it but what about being suspended 
by her paper. Sean, would you do something like that? Well, there are a couple of thoughts. First of all, I have no issue at all with, I mean, Kobe Bryant is a complicated legacy. Maybe that's not the right word. Um, yeah, it's a legacy now. It's a cowardly word in some ways. Um, if you just say complicated and not actually say why, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I wrote a column about it, and I mentioned it, and a lot, and a lot of people did. So I, I have no issue with that. The, the bigger picture you're talking about, the bigger issue here is social media is a – look, we're all – if you're in a media business, if you're a journalist, you're a public figure. Mm-hmm. You are, right? And therefore, you have a brand. And your employer has a right to say – how that brand is managed. And you, you sort of sign up for that. That doesn't mean you can't say it. I mean, you're, freedom of speech and then consequences from your employer about how you conduct yourself publicly are completely different things. But wait a minute. If, if I am the reporter or a columnist, uh, let's say I'm the, uh, I'm the uh, food critic at any news organization whatsoever, and I have a right to have an opinion because I'm a critic, but everything I'm talking about is whether or not uh, – the fillet has been undercooked, or whether the Bernays sauce is a little, a little, uh, I don't know, not Bernaysy enough. I'm not, a, I'm no epicure. <laughs> but if I have a, an opinion about who's going to be the next president or about a public figure, that in no way affects my work. It should no way color my opinion about that Bernays sauce. It no, may, may not but be it has to do with how you're perceived. Is it okay to be if, tweeted about though? But but so where I'm going with this is. Is, I didn't know your point. Sorry, <laughs> it just takes a while to get there, Sean. I've just been triggered, but um, but but to me, it, objectively, what the food critic thinks about whoever should be the next mayor doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? Okay, who cares? Not your realm, not your expertise, whatever. But as someone who is the political reporter, those kind of posts would bother me because I would feel like somebody is just going to use them against me and just say, "Well, the whole free press is against." whoever you're writing about and i'd say what what's that based on they'd say because the food critic said that, that. come on and, and that, so that, that lays on the consumer who's who's consuming that information which first off they're doing it on twitter so but where i'm going with this is even though i oh, think that shouldn't you. matter well sorry listen to your drabble but <laughs> but so while i think that shouldn't matter i think when you work for a news organization and if you would be patient sir i'm coming around to the sean point of view you shouldn't be doing anything in social media that is going to diminish the value of your work or that of your colleagues and saying something crappy on social media about a public figure. She linked a is, story though. Is going no, to, but it's not oh, just, so she's trying to drive traffic, well, <laughs> yeah, what, but it wasn't the post story. So then I'm wondering, so now I got a problem with that as a boss. Exactly. But it's not just that if we're talking about the, 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 the idea of just your employer have a say in how you're perceived publicly as a journalist, they do. And you know that, and you understand that. If if I were to come into this podcast, they don't. If I if I were to come in here and act like a complete asshole, like Saint Mike does, well, well, they do though. What do you mean they don't? Of course they do. Yeah, full words. No, no, no. I don't think or act like a beautiful man like Mike mostly does. Nice safe. I'm just hoping they suspended John Windsor. Sorry, because she refused to take it down right away, and she fought back, made it all about herself and her attacks. which, if that's the well, case, she's now, you're just, now you're just not listening to what your bosses she's are asking nitwit. you to do. This but. is this is where you, like the person that Steve Wilson was referring earlier, referring to earlier, you show some grace, you acknowledge culpability, you express regret, and then you move on. You go and sin no more. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, 
I, I think we are entitled to our opinion. I don't want my boss telling me how to act or anything like that. But at the same time, I don't want my actions to be something that is going to diminish the work that we're all trying to do. And I think in a situation like this, while you may have the right to say you do. what you have to say, you should also have the good sense to not say things that are going to blow up in your face. You don't have the right to be free from consequences. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, look. Good point. E- 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 Some even debate. If, we all agree. If somebody just tweets on you, or, 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 what if you respond to somebody on Twitter in a, in a certain tone? Your employer can get upset with that. We get emails, right? All of us. If you don't take the high road, you know, and sometimes you get really nasty, mean emails. And if you go back with the same tone, and then that email is then spread or send to your editor or whatever, or published on some uh, online site somewhere, the free press is going to get upset. I, I've seen it happen. Yeah, and and just just to that note on the email, Sean, that testosterone they're telling you to take will not work. They're just <laughs> ignore those are spam. Delete that. Your wiener's not going to get bigger either. It couldn't. <laughs> oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? I am firmly convinced that one of the reasons we're not having as many downloads as I was hoping for is because people are riveted to the impeachment. No, that's not. No, not at all. No one cares. I'm sorry about that. That's not an excuse. They were on for the us. plane yesterday. Flying really? back from Phoenix. It must be the only station they could get. Damn. Well, it was mostly Fox News. Probably half the plane. Oh, well, then, then, it's a, then it's a persecution. It's not impeachment. Especially in f- first class. But this week's Geek of the Week first is class. impeachment related because the impeachment is all about a crazy rich guy asking for favors that he's not entitled to, or so people would have you believe. And this week's Geek of the Week is Peter Carmanos, a rich guy asking a head of state for a favor He's not entitled to. And I'm speaking specifically, this was a story that was broken on DeadlineDetroit.com, the free press and the news have weighed in on it, to Peter Carmanos has asked President Trump to let Kwame Kilpatrick free. Now, we've talked on this show before. You can find the episode in our uh, in our archives about Kilpatrick's clemency plea to Kilpatrick and how but, much malarkey it is. That was Michael Bellotta, the Bellotta prosecutor. Of, yeah who pointed out that all the points that Kilpatrick mentioned in his letter to Trump were fallacious, false, uh, bullshit, they call it, in, uh, in, in common parlance. And Peter Carmanos, because he's a big donor, because he's a big CEO type and he knows better than the rest of us, wants Kwame Kilpatrick free. Now, you're entitled to that opinion, but to ask for a favor, to me, what you're doing is you're basically saying the system is wrong when the system disagrees with me because a jury heard this case for six months, a diverse jury, both economically, racially, gender, geographically, and they who sat through every day of it, Peter Carmanos did not sit through one minute of it, found the man guilty, and a judge who weighed very persuasive arguments from both sides and reviewed sentencing guidelines that could have put Kwame Kilpatrick away for life ended up giving him a fair and just sentence. But Peter Carmanos doesn't like it. So Peter Carmanos is going to call his big buddy Donald Trump and ask him to let Mr. Kwame Kilpatrick, the biggest victim in the world who drove to the city of Detroit into bankruptcy and ruined a lot of people's lives, he wants him to be free. So Peter Carmanos, hey, your millions don't cut dick with us. Six oh nine. 
So we're calling the Strangles a new wave band just because they kind of are. But they're also a punk band, and they're also a rock band, and they're kind of a crazy band. They've been around so long that some key members are no longer with us. And uh, they are a eclectic group. One of the songs you may know uh, from them is Golden Brown, which has kind of a heavy-duty, you know, sort of keyboardy, jangly, funky sound. But this is my absolute favorite Strangler's tune. It's a little ditty called Dreamtime.
The only way for us to be alone into the earth and in the stone when, I want, when you want to be on your own is dream time. I am there in the rock from the start of the total clock. All of my dreams can interlock in dream time. I have no idea. Is that the name of your tea you drink I've, every night, by the way? Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm now drinking something called Moroccan mint. It's a mint green tea by Stash. It's very oh lovely. It's, uh, it's, when properly steeped, it can be quite uh, insouissant, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what the total clock is, but that whole idea, just I just love the interplay of the words. Of course, it's got a great beat. I love everything about it. And the funny thing about these Oh, my guys, God. He's so <laughs> deep. Well, they're a new wave band, because they are a new wave band, their style has evolved so much that they fit into so many different genres. Now why did you say but, they weren't? Because they start out, first of all, their roots go back to 74, which is pre-New Wave by, geez, maybe uh, five, six years. But they've had evolutions, and some of that's because the band members have evolved a lot. But they just, I don't want to call them chameleons. In some ways, uh, they could be um, trendsetters. But I I just love just sort of those lush tones. It's so easy on the ears but it's also so cleverly put together and so thoughtful and uh and that's dream time uh by the strangles god you sound like me that's awful what you know sounding like you oh i know what it sounds like (laughs) that's not good please be yourself (sighs) come on man uh i checking the total clock i think we're almost out of time here uh maybe that's what they're referring to here on ml soul of detroit uh i want to i want to uh perhaps set the record straight a little bit. Uh, Charlie Leduff works for Deadline Detroit. If you're not finding his work at Deadline Detroit, you're really missing the writing that started Charlie's career and is still, I think, one of his greatest strengths. But uh, if you want to hear Peter Carmanos or hear about Peter Carmanos uh, getting Kilpatrick free, that was actually on Facebook Live with Charlie on Friday. You can find that at the No BS News Hour um, in his episodes He's a member of the Red Shovel Network, as am I, and so is the Drew and Mike show. You may have heard of that that little uh, that little diversion, and of course, no filter sports. So, um, folks, uh, it was a real pleasure having Steve Wilson here. We could have had him here forever, but we want to be mindful of your time. We try and keep this show to an hour because we know that you have a lot of demands on your time. I don't because I'm unemployed, <laughs> uh, pretty much. And one way you can support me is by supporting our sponsors, Zot Ford and Holly. David Hall Financial, 248-308-5000. And by opening an account at mybookie.ag, use promo code SOUL. Always let people know where you found us. You can support us by becoming a a, a sponsor yourself by going to mlsoulofdetroit.com. Hit the donate button. We are working on a way to do recurring donations. We want to start a membership program. More on that later. And you can buy our merchandise. We do have the hockey jerseys in, in all sizes and all colors. So if you went there looking for one, they're there. Please order one. We also have t-shirts, stickers, and signed Kwame Sutras. You can find those all at drewandmikestore.com. You have been listening to the Red Shovel Network. Cyrus. Take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? The Bemba Terra continues on the Soul of Detroit with guest star The Bionic Woman. Who is the real ML? Who is the real Mark? A fight to the death on the Soul of Detroit. Sean is back. And everybody wants him. Dead. Live and Let Die, the Sunday night movie, right after this. It's all of Detroit. Sunday starting at 8, 7 central on Mountain. On Red Shovel Network.